gratefulness is really an, an approach to life. That in and of itself opens the door to have things that are happening to you changes, not necessarily view those changes as threats or losses, but rather as potential gains, as opportunities or gifts. Coming up, find out why saying thank you can increase your happiness and well-being with Dr. Robert Emmons, next on Change Nation from First30Days.com. very happy today to be interviewing Dr. Robert Emmons. He is a professor at the University of California, Davis. He's one of the leading scholars in the positive psychology movement. He's also the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Positive Psychology, and he is a, a recent author of a wonderful book called Thanks, How the New Science of Gratitude Can Actually Make You Happier. So Robert, welcome, uh, welcome to the program. Welcome to the interview. We're thrilled to have you with us. Thank you. It's good and, to be with. Uh, I I really think with the work that we're doing at the first thirty days is about uncovering things that make change easier for people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that you have really sort of hit upon one of those tools that people might not realize how important it is, and that is gratitude. So I guess my first question is how. How can gratitude help someone while they're going through a life change? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, gratefulness is really an, an approach to life. I like to think of it as, a, as an orientation toward life where you view life itself as a gift. You view things in your life as gifts or potential gifts. So that in and of itself opens, opens the door to have things that are happening to you changes, uh, not necessarily view those changes as as threats or losses, but rather as potential gains, as opportunities or gifts. And from what we've learned from the grateful people who are able to do this, have the ability to see life changes, not so much as things that are potentially harmful or threatening, but rather through a lens of gratefulness. So they view these as potential opportunities or benefits or even even blessings in their lives. What what does a grateful person look like? Is it in terms of what they do, what they think, what they sound like? Well, they that's an excellent question. You know, um, first they they tend to be more optimistic. They tend to be more hopeful. They don't spend a lot of time wallowing in what they don't have, or um, believing that they are a victim of circumstances or pointing the finger, blaming other people for what's happening in their lives. So they tend to be more optimistic. They tend to be um, more, have a greater sense of responsibility for their own feelings and their own reactions. And they tend to use, use words and use language in a certain way. So you can listen to how a person talks and get a good indication of how grateful they are, or conversely, how mm-hmm. non-grateful they are, just by the language they use. They'll talk about their lives as being full of gifts and givers and being blessed, being fortunate, and so on. And so they, they traffic in the language of gratitude is how I like to frame it. Hmm. I, I love the, uh, the idea in, in your book that there is some form of science behind gratitude. And I know that we live in a culture where people want proof and they want results and they want statistics. They want things that sort of back up some of the probably more softer things that we are all told to go look at. 
What were some of the interesting, surprising elements that came up from some of the research that you did in this field? Well, we, we thought we should really go out there and try to try to measure. You know, science is about measurement and is about observation and it's about people's lives and studying people and talking to people and interviewing people and trying to learn more and more about how they experience gratefulness and, and what happens when they do experience it. What are the, what are the effects or what are the uh, outcomes? And so in our original studies, we simply asked people to keep a gratitude journal. There have been some suggestion by contemporary authors and actually going back thousands of years to, to ancient times as well, virtues and philosophies around the world discuss the importance of really focusing and counting one's blessings. So, well, let's actually go out and have people do that. Let's have them keep gratitude journals and write down on a regular basis things in their lives for which they were grateful or thankful. And, you know, we thought, well, that would be a nice way of helping people grow their gratitude, cultivating a sense of gratefulness for life. And conducting a scientific research study is doing really data collection, doing an experiment. And so that's how we began our research. And if we didn't find, you know, benefits, we thought, well, we'll perhaps, you know, move on to another topic or think about gratitude perhaps a bit differently. But it was quite astonishing that we did find that there were significant benefits to keeping these gratitude journals. Hmm. Uh, just jumping right onto that, for someone who might be going through a, a tough change in their life, they might be quite resistant to being grateful, being thankful, and probably go more the extreme of being resentful and blaming. How, how do you get someone back into the field of gratefulness? Mm-hmm. How what what works? What what bearing in mind something that might have happened that is is difficult, it might be a crisis. How do you find it within you to to actually find a place of saying thank you for that as well? Yes, that's a, a challenge, right? When we go through um, losses or, or adversities, and it, it's hard to develop a, a feeling of gratefulness because, of course, when things are going poorly, we've lost a job or a spouse or a child or faced with some other major hurdle in life. The last thing we, we probably feel is is grateful, right? And so, it's, I think it's important to distinguish between feeling grateful and having a attitude of gratefulness toward life, which is, a, I think, a broader perspective that um, can enable us, you know, I think, to get through these times so that we look back upon them and see them as potential gifts. And so the grateful people tend to do this. They'll, they'll, they'll take an event, a loss, an adversity, which is really um, a, a, a threatening event for them, and they can somehow reinterpret it, reframe it in a way that enables them to extract a benefit from it because they don't necessarily feel grateful, but they have a broader perspective on life that everything happens is for their benefit. Now, that's, that's, yep. uh, that's kind of a generic answer. You know, more specifically, I'd, I'd probably you know, recommend that they engage in some sort of mental exercise where they ask themselves, okay, is there something in this situation? Is there something that I might feel grateful for in some small way, even if it's that life is not worse than it is, you know, um, and yep. start there. Find some place to start at right, where, right now, right where they're at, and, and ask yourself, you know, is there something that I can do to feel grateful? You know, I don't have to, but I can if I want to. It might make me feel better, and it certainly won't do any harm. Yeah. Is, um, I guess one of the questions I think some people might have is, who am I being grateful to? Am I being grateful to life, to myself, to a mixture of both? Is it more than just saying thank you? Well, grateful 
implies there's some uh, giver, that you're receiving a benefit or something good. I like to think of it as, as the recognition of, of goodness and the acknowledgement that I have good things in my life. And that, that, so, that, so that, that does imply that there is some, some other right now. For some people who are, for instance, you know, spiritual, they might, they might attribute their goodness to God. It could be to other yep. people. Um, you know, I think the idea is that there's, there's some good things that are intentionally being given to them, to, you know, to me, to you for our benefit. And that's the key is this perception, you know, the, to, but to answer your question, there's a wide variety of potential, you know, sources or targets that we might say thanks to, but not ourselves. It's, uh, it would be a little, I think, unusual to say I'm grateful to myself because gratitude does require uh, an outward person for whom to direct this feeling of thankfulness. Yeah. So uh, am I right in saying that gratitude is a habit that anyone can develop? And if, and if that is the case, how long does it take? How does someone get started? Mm-hmm. I really do think it's a habit that um, could take some uh, time, particularly you know, if you're a person who by practice and by, by nature for a long period of time have a tendency to perhaps take things for granted um, or have difficulty expressing gratefulness, let's say, as, as many people, especially men do, have a hard time, you know, um, perceiving that I need the help of other people. That I, It almost implies a sense of dependency. I couldn't do it myself. I need to rely on other people. And that can be a very uncomfortable feeling for people to acknowledge. And so uh, it takes, you know, a little bit more time because there's, there's more obstacles in those cases. But we find through, through the practice of, you know, keeping a journal, for instance, and then in the book I discuss lots of other ways in which you can become grateful too. But, uh, you know, you're trying to override, overcome a longstanding disposition. It's going to take a lot longer than someone who is already predisposed by the fact that they are more optimistic or more hopeful or more spiritual, have these qualities that I mentioned earlier that seem to, you know, um, underlie a sense of gratefulness. Robert, do you think just... For everyone, do you think starting with a gratitude journal is is a first step, or what would you think this is something that applies to everyone? Is it the awareness of being more grateful? Is it finding five things a day to be grateful for? What's what's the first step? What's well, day one in creating this habit? Yeah, I mean, that's what the journal does. It, it, it increases in awareness. You know, it, it focuses our attention so that we notice uh, blessings, whereas we previously might notice a curse, for instance, you know, or, or a hassle. So it's, it's attentiveness, you know, you might call that mindfulness, if you prefer to use uh, that term. And there's different ways to do that. Um, I think the journal is a good way because it forces you to make these thoughts very concrete by, by writing them down, where you can then, you know, focus on them and maybe elaborate on them, post them somewhere conspicuously so you can see them. It makes it harder to forget and one thing that encourages non-gratitude is forgetfulness, right? We, we take things for granted or we, we forget where they came from or forget other people are responsible for good things that are happening to us. And so any kind of um, technique or strategy that helps us remember um, to stop and to focus on blessings, I think is going to be effective for cultivating gratefulness. Any difference on when I do this during the day? Is, is my brain more effective in the morning, during the day, in the evening, a few more times? Well, I don't know you, so I couldn't say for you. You know, particularly <laughs> some people are morning people and want to do it right when they wake up. Others prefer to 
uh, do it at the end of the day when they can, you know, set back, sit back and reflect upon the day's, you know, activities and events and circumstances. So I don't think it really makes that much difference when. The important okay. thing is to do it on a, on a regular uh, basis, and some people will take time during the day. There will be certain cues or triggers that will, you know, set off grateful thoughts during the day, but the main thing is to practice on, on a regular um, yeah. basis until it becomes a habit, as you say. One of the things that I found very interesting while reading your book was you talk about um, a set point of happiness. And I don't know if people know that there there is research about people going back to a set point of happiness and and really how gratitude can increase that, contribute to it. Um, how do you see how do you see sort of people going through the first three days of just being happier in general? How does gratitude and being happy, how do they relate? Are they in the same family? Well, I guess the nice thing with respect to change and the fact that, you know, there's, there's going to be a most likely, depending upon the nature of the change, um, imagine you're, you're especially with helping people dealing with losses and challenges and so forth, um, unpleasant changes, ones that necessarily are not chosen, right? Uh, um, you know what, the, the, the company in itself, we are trying to do every and any changes from the small ones to the crises to the ones that we aspire to and would love to have happen. Okay. Um, the, the simple notion that we're going to return to a baseline, let's just start with you know, the negative change first. The notion that we're, you know, we're, our, our um, happiness levels will take a hit, at least temporarily, but then we will return. It's sometimes hard to realize at the time right because the event is happening to us and it's just of such great magnitude we believe we'll never be happy again or that our our happiness level will never recover because it's it's taken a big a huge hit by this by this life change but the simple you know knowledge that that it will recover that we will return to this predetermined level that in and of itself i think uh, can be very beneficial to know but also then the the idea that you know that that gratitude can help our happiness levels or set points actually go up because it helps us maximize the goodness or the good things so when the positive change happens by really you know appreciating it seeing it as a gift seeing the contributions that others have made to it um, can help us maximize the enjoyment that we feel so the goodness the bent the pleasure of it doesn't wear off as fast when you were doing the research for the book, was it easy for you to find grateful people, or did you actually was there a shortage of them out there? No, um, you know, uh, everyone actually enjoyed, uh, as far as we know, actually keeping the gratitude journal. Many people commented on how this um, either was something they'd wanted to do before, or they had done before, or they actually continued to do it after the study was over. Um, so. There didn't seem to be a shortage in the sense that, um, you know, people objected to it. People do find the concept very appealing, and, you know, they recognize that it makes a, could make a big impact uh, upon their lives. Most people actually think that they are grateful. So we developed a questionnaire to measure grateful people or gratitude as a personality trait. And most people tend to, tend to agree with things like, you know, I feel thankful for what I've received in life. Um, I have find much in my life to be thankful for. Um, when, you know, I, um, when I think about my life, there's a lot of people to be grateful to. So most people tend to acknowledge that they are grateful people, but we don't always practice it. There's, I think, a lot of yeah. obstacles that get in the way. 
so we have to, you know, just keep in mind the need to consciously, you know, habitually focus on it. Robert, you'd be happy to know I have kept a gratitude journal on and off throughout the years. Um, and and has it made a difference? Incredibly helpful. Mm. And through times where I thought, you know, things on the outside were not going specifically well, it just helped me ground me in things that were there and permanent and inside and it was a refocusing, so I, I'm a user, and you've definitely inspired me to pick it back up. Oh, that's, that's nice. The, so I like that the other, idea that refocusing you know, really helps us yeah. reposition us. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, I've always wanted to do when I have children is to actually have their bedrooms be walls that they can every night write something that they're grateful for on the wall. Mm-hmm. I've always, mm-hmm. always, always wanted to do that with children. I think once you, you probably you know, have looked at this as how do you develop the habit in, in children as opposed to in adults where it might be a little bit difficult right. to... Oh, I think that's the excellent idea, yeah. I mean, because kids are very concrete, right? And so you have to have rituals and things to make it very real, to make it stand out, mm-hmm. whether you you sit around the table before a meal and talk about what you're grateful for that happened during the day or the last thing at night before, you know, you put you put your son or daughter to bed or have a place for them to post what they're grateful for. I think anything that makes it makes it real, makes it concrete, makes it a family tradition is going to be effective. Yep. Do you see any differences in um, people's levels of gratefulness, whether it's in this country or other parts of the world, anything that we can learn from? Uh, you know, there, there's no research on that. I haven't studied that yet, so it's 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 too early to it's tell. It's coming. It's coming. Right? <laughs> the science is still in its infancy, though. No, that that I can I can tell, but it's it's great to know that there are people like you who are there, trying to measure it, trying to show that there is really a direct correlation between it. Well, I've always um, tried Robert, to do, are... I've always tried to do something other people haven't been doing. You know, that's kind of what. My purpose is find a topic that I think is important for, for people but maybe is ignored or neglected, and I think gratitude is one of those. What was the biggest surprise for you in, in the research you did and in writing this book? Um, I would say probably that the, that the effects seem to be so immediate when a person starts to grow gratitude in their lives that, and the benefits seem to be so so wide. It's not simply that you feel better or, you know, or happier or whatever, although that's certainly, you know, legitimate and so forth. But the fact there's, there's uh, interpersonal benefits, you feel more connected to others, you feel a greater sense of obligation to go out and do something that's useful or beneficial. The fact that people sleep better, you know, it just seems like limitless the number of benefits that come from practicing gratitude. I was going to ask you one last question on benefits. Anything you've seen that really shows, you mentioned sleep better, anything more on on people's health and people's energy, people's real ability to, to go through a life change, whatever it is? Well, people do report more more, uh, more energy, higher energy levels, more enthusiasm, more more engagement with life. They they actually exercise more when they're keeping gratitude journals. They take better care of their health. They they focus on their bodies. You know, a lot of times people actually have in their gratitude journals that they can see or hear or you know have have these physical uh, abilities. So I think this is just a an effect of an overall sense of appreciation for life that. That, that yeah. goes down to just, you know, seeing life itself as a gift, and then that fuels greater energy levels. Yep. So, Robert, your book is called Thanks, How the New Science of Gratitude Can Make You Happier. It's available right now. I wish you all the best right with now. it. 
Before we end off, I, I ask all our experts and all the people that, that I have the honor of talking to three what I call first 30 days signature questions, really about change in general. The first one is, um, what is the belief that you personally go to uh, during times of change in your own life? Is there a, a concrete belief, a saying, a thought, an affirmation that sort of helps you get through any change? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably that this is temporary, that this uh, will pass. Mm. That would be probably the first thing that I would go to. Lovely, I love that one. What about this? Um, fill in the sentence, the best thing about change is? That it gives me a chance to grow and deepen myself as an individual. Wonderful. And the last one is, what, what do you feel is the best change that you have ever made? Mm, I believe it was... Um, when I became a Christian as an adult uh, about 12 years ago. Mm. Wonderful. Robert, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Um, I know that this is going to help a lot of people. Um, I thank you. I wish you all the best with the book. Well, and I know that we will contact we'll, me. We'll be, in, we'll be in touch. I appreciate the chance to share with some of your uh, readers, and hopefully some of this will be helpful for them. Thank you very much, Robert. Today I've been speaking with Dr. Robert Emmons. He's the professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis, and the author of the book, Thanks, How the New Science of Gratitude Can Make You Happier. I'm Ariane. Thanks for listening. And again, for more interesting and inspirational interviews, please visit us at first30days.com. Thanks for listening to Change Nation from first30days.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes in the Society and Culture section under Philosophy. Make sure you take time to leave us feedback about the show. We'd love to know what you think. Change Nation is a production of First30days.com. Copyright 2008. All rights reserved.